Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Russ Terry, founder and CEO of Life Coach Radio Network. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. And now, here's today's show. Hello, everyone. This is the Life Coach Radio Network on Blog Talk Radio. Today's guest is certified health and fitness coach and guru extraordinaire, Tina DeLong. I'm your host, Jan Jaffe. Welcome to Your Best Life. Tina DeLong is a leading expert and innovator in the field of personal training and fitness with more than 30 years of experience. Tina's career began in 1980 when she launched the flagship Body Design by Gilda, the first true aerobic studio in New York City. She also collaborated with Jake Steinfeld in the late 80s to create the popular Body by Jake and Tina workout series. Tina holds an associate's degree from the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York City, a Bachelor's of Science degree from Brooklyn College in Brooklyn, New York, with a minor in dance education. Tina is a certified health coach from the Institute for Integrative Nutrition with studies in anatomy and applied kinesiology and is presently continuing her studies in Pilates, Zumba, and anatomy through yoga. Anticipating a need in the field of wellness, Tina developed FEMCHO, a unique fitness and self-worth program for preteen and teenage girls. The program, known for its unique combination of dance fitness and girl talk, has evolved to include anti-bullying and career modules, as well as special needs programs for girls at risk and special needs. FEMCHO has been endorsed by the Brooklyn DA's office as well as received grants from the Long Island Epilepsy Foundation. Tina's helped raise thousands of dollars for institutions such as the Leukemia Foundation, the Lower East Side Girls Club, and the Thomas Hartman Parkinson's Foundation. She's been featured in publications such as Vogue, the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and New York Magazine. She's appeared on national broadcast television and has spoken publicly at corporate wellness events. In addition, Tina has competed in and completed the New York City Marathon the past several years. I'm so excited to have Tina DeLong as my guest on today's show. Welcome, Tina. Thank you, Jan. What a nice introduction. Thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure and such a delight to have you here. The number here is 646-716-9397. We welcome your calls, questions, comments, and contribution to the discussion. We love your participation. So the number again is 646-716-9397. So, Tina, first of all, I just want to say what a delight it is to have you on the show as a guest. And what most of the listening audience doesn't know is that we've known each other since seventh grade, which was just a few years ago, huh? So you were a cheerleader, (laughs) always involved in anything athletic and a natural beauty. And one of the lessons (laughs) of growing older is that we recognize that youth itself is beautiful, right? But true beauty grows from the inside and is truly evident as we age. You're a perfect example of this. You've done so much in your life, and I know that you're heavily involved in your newest venture, FEMCHO. So would you mind telling us a little about how this all began? Sure. It would be my pleasure, Jan. You know, I've been working in the fitness industry, as you said, for a very long time, since 1980. And my experience has been primarily with women, and which I love. I, I've really enjoyed working with women and helping them to be fit and healthy. 
And as time went on, I started working with their daughters and started to see the dynamics between mother and daughter, knowing my own. I have boys, so I didn't really get to experience it on that level. And I started to see some of the issues that the younger generation, we're now on our third generation of, of uh, clients, what some of these girls face and the bad rap that they get about being backstabbing and competitive and how much more difficult it is for them than it was for us, Jan, to have self-esteem and feel good about themselves, particularly because when they see a, a female, another female they admire on television or in print, it's not really a real person. It's been photoshopped and surgically enhanced. And it's much harder for these girls to feel good, to have good body image. And also, I have a huge platform against childhood and teen obesity. So part of Fem Show is getting the girls, you know, to love moving around and talking. And my experience working with women has led me into developing that. Wow, well, that sounds absolutely fascinating and such beautiful work that you do. Um, one of the things I would love to first, you, you, you know, you um, were explaining earlier, and I'd love for you to share this with the audience, what FEMCHO stands for. That's F-E-M. So FEMCHO is an acronym, and it stands for Friendship, Equality, Mindfulness, Compassion, Honesty, and open-mindedness. Oh, wonderful. When, when we talk about these words in Girl Talk, I think one of the things that makes the program work and also makes the girls more open is we never preach or teach. We don't tell them what those words should mean to them. We actually ask them what they mean. So when we ask a girl about friendship and what makes her a good friend, we're hoping that she's going to feel good about the qualities that she has. And then when we ask her about what makes her best friend her best friend, you know, trustworthy, dependable, honesty, someone that cheers her up, we hope that she feels good about the choices that she's made for friends. But even more importantly, maybe there's a girl in the group that's thinking, my best friend doesn't treat me that great. Maybe I should reconsider. So without us preaching that, they're thinking that on their own, and they will choose the right friends and not be bullied. Oh, that's wonderful. That's really wonderful. I love the way you've just described um, a beginning of uh, a way to begin to teach a young woman about her own sense of self-worth. Yes. Um, so that leads into my next question was, you know, how girls can benefit from what you teach at FEMCHO? Well, I can cite an example that happened recently, and I think that this can explain it really well. Um, we're, we've worked with many Girl Scouts. That's where FEMSHO started. But now we've been lucky enough to be in several schools, the Young Women's Leadership Network schools in New York City. And we recently had a celebration, and the girls invited me to come. I'm not their teacher. There's another person teaching. And they did art projects, and they sang, and they danced, and they talked about how they felt in show. And one girl took it upon herself to make a collage, which I have posted on our show Facebook page. And in the collage, she shows gives words and pictures about how she felt before femshow words like insecure negative doubtful and then she wrote about how she feels now including pictures and she used words like proud confident um positive so i think wow. the way she describes it is better than any way that i can describe the benefits and what a beautiful I, I, chain. I do have to say it's the most rewarding work I've ever done. Oh, I mean, how can that not be? That is just beautiful. I mean, I just, I, um, I, it just really touched me because, you know, it was a long time ago that we were, you know, young girls. But I do yes. remember the the insecurity, the pain, the, you know, it, it was a very, it's a very difficult time. It really yes. is. I would think now it's a lot more difficult with with social media and as you said all the photoshopped images um so it I think it's it is much more challenging much more challenging you know uh we have a caller 
So oh, we I'm do. Going Great. To, uh, let me. It's um, hello, caller. Your number uh, ends in nine three one seven. Are you there? Hello. Hello. Yes. Hello. Are you? Um, where are you calling from? Am I Ana Maria Goldani coming from New York? Ah. Hello, Ana Maria. Um, Hello, Jane. It's so <laughs> nice to hear you, and uh, the, your interview is very nice. Do you have any questions for for Tina, or any comments? Yes, I was curious to to hear uh, what she could say about the, you know, the grants. If she took, uh, she had opportunity to watch the the Grammys awards. The Grammys. Yeah, the Grammys. Yes. Okay. I did. And and what what in, in particular were you wondering about the Grammys? You know uh, how she put it in her in in her perspective. How can she see the the women's uh, outfits there? In view mm. of this role model as a role model for the adolescents, you know. Mm-hmm. Maria, that's a, such a great question and something in that, that I've terms, actually in, been, been speaking about. Image, no? I think that you know, seeing how some of these young women dress and how sexualized some of them have become, who used to be Disney girls, mm-hmm. and now they're wearing clothes that are quite revealing and making poses that are uh, not exactly wholesome. I think that's a good way to put it. But if I had to name one person that I think is the best role model from the Grammys, I would have to say Taylor Swift because Mm. (laughs) I think that she is confident. I think that she believes that women should be confident. I think she conducts herself like a lady. Mm-hmm. And I think that she dresses in a beautiful and appropriate way. And I, if I had a daughter right now, I wouldn't mind if she looked up to Taylor Swift as far as people that uh, performed at the Grammys. Mm-hmm. How well, do you I feel think, about that? Yeah, I think so. I think that uh, what she talks about, her discourse, uh, you know, was very important because it doesn't matter the way she was dressing was quite nice, but uh, could be revealed too. But uh, I think she put together with her discourse about the, you know, how young women should be strong and stand for themselves. You know, I, yes. I agree with I agree with you. I think that, you know, sometimes the dresses are not uh, the most important thing, but is what it's coming from. In terms yes. of their words, you know. Yes, and I yes. loved when she told, said to women, "Don't let anyone ever tell you you can't do it." Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes, because exactly. women need other w- successful women that they can relate to who encourage them, and she is definitely someone who does that. Yes, yes, I think that she's a good role model, and you know, uh, I agree with you. I think the first image is quite disturbing in some cases, mm-hmm. but I think people like uh, uh, Taylor Swift can put in place, you know, the image with the words, you know. Yes, but I also think, Anna Maria, right? Yes. I, I think it's very important that the adults in these young women's lives, these young girls growing up, need um to make sure that these young women know they don't need to dress that way or act that way, meaning the not positive role models, to be successful. Mm-hmm. That yeah. that these people are entertaining. You know, one of the things that we do in FemShow is we ask the girls to tell us who they admire. Mm-hmm. And the best part about that, so let's say they they – mention someone who doesn't dress the way you like or act the way you like. And then we ask them what it is that they admire about that woman. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they will just say, I think she's a good singer. Um, uh. So they know they admire her voice, but they don't want to necessarily dress that way or act that way. And it's important for girls to know they can admire a quality in a woman, but they don't have to be like her or exactly. dress like her. Exactly. And yes, those are the kind of things that we have the girls discover for themselves in the girl talk. 
Yes, congratulations. It's a great job that you have been doing with the girls. It's so Thank important. you so much. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm appreciating. Thank you. I appreciate your call. And can I just add one thing? I happen to know Anna Maria, and I hope, is it all right, Anna Maria, if I mention sure. just briefly sure. about your daughter? Sure. Uh, Anna Maria is a wonderful, wonderful role model herself. Uh, she's a brilliant career woman, a professor um, at, at Princeton, and her daughter is uh, an actress on a a television show. I am. I don't even remember the name of it, and I don't know if, if you want me to, you know, if you want to, but mention it. But um, her daughter's yes, show got a Golden Globe. Am I correct? Yes, Anoria. Yes. yes, and yes, her daughter you must was be dressed, so proud. Yeah, her daughter was dressed exquisitely, and it was because Anna Maria had made sure, had taken her to all the designers and made sure that she was put together. <laughs> beautifully, absolutely gorgeously. So um, having a role model, as you're both saying, is really, really important. That's so wonderful. Thank you for sharing that, Jan. Congratulations, <laughs> Anna Maria. <laughs> I'm just surrounded by incredible people. I just wanted to say thank you so much, Anna Maria, for your call. Do you Did you have anything else you wanted to add? No, well, thank you so much, but uh, I think the... <laughs> you can understand my uh, my concern about uh, image, and I, I yes. just I discussed it with my daughter, and she agreed with me. And she, like uh, our interview, she said that uh, she thought that uh, Taylor Swift was a great uh, a great uh, a great role model that night, you know. And yeah. I, I agreed, you know. I think that that is kind of a role model for her too. <laughs> That's a very you good know. one. Okay. Well, it sounds like you're um, a wonderful mother. Thank you so much. You know, I try. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much, Thank Anna you. Maria. Thank you for Thank your you call. Again. Good luck. It's nice with the program. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. So, um, well, that was a lovely call. Um, and we Thank had already mentioned, uh, Tina, that growing up now is a lot different than when we were when you and I were in high school and I and we met when um when we were 11 which is right astounding <laughs> so um I think we may have hit on this but I don't know if you, there's anything you wanted to add to what you feel are the biggest obstacles that girls face today I think one of the biggest obstacles is lack of confidence I think, which is, you know, why I'm so devoted to this. It's very difficult for a girl or a young woman to succeed, even if they have the best education and uh, they're intelligent and they're driven, without the confidence, they're not going to be able to do it. So even though STEM Show is not truly an academic program, Mm -hmm. I've recently heard a principal say that some of the girls who try went in front of the board for advanced placement courses, so these are high achievers, told the principal that they had been so afraid to speak in front of the board, but that by participating in FemShow, they had the courage and the confidence to go in front of the board. And this is, so, this is such a big part of my mission, because again, women need to feel good about themselves and different than being educated. You need the two together. You need a good education, a good solid background. You need to a balance in life. Sem shows about a balance in life. You need to be healthy, you need to be confident, and you need to be educated. Absolutely. And you you put it so well and you know it's so interesting because you know you would think that or one would think that now with you know feminism almost something that younger women or millennials don't really understand how different it was 30 years ago 20 years ago certainly when you and I were in school I remember mm-hmm. we weren't even allowed to wear uh slacks to school it, we had to wear skirts do you remember that I remember being one of the people that was fighting I never fought for anything but I fought <laughs> to be able to wear slacks because I had to walk um, over a mile. I was like a mile and a half in the cold, wow. cold 
winters with with skirts on. That's how long ago it was and how different, and not even that it was so long, but that's how different things are now. And yeah. yet it might even be harder for young girls to be confident because they have, you know, the sexualization uh, and objectification of, of females begins so early. They're exposed to it so early. So they yeah. feel... Right, they feel, they they lack confidence because they're saying, "Well, I don't measure up. I don't measure up." How much time do they get to be children? So, you know, um, one of the things that we talk about, I I so agree with what you're saying, Jan, is that it's never okay when we talk about what wouldn't be cool, what wouldn't be cool, and I whoever facilitates Fem Show also engages in the girl talk as well, and I always say. It's never cool to do anything with your body just to be liked. Mm. So that could mean letting someone touch your body. It could mean piercing or tattoos. It's mm-hmm. never okay to do it for that reason because your body right. is yours and you don't do things with your body so people will like you. And I think if girls get that message, that's a big deal because, again, there's so much pressure to to look a certain way and dress a certain way and let yourself do things with your body you know in certain ways way too young and without the right kind of preparation and emotional security and maturity that it it, it is more challenging and you know Jan you brought up the social media one of the things, we just started a new program called Mindfulness where we actually get the girls to meditate and relax and do deep breathing. These girls are on high alert 24-7. They never know when someone's going to tweet something that they said or you know, all the news sites um, post something. And when you and I were growing up, it was bad enough if your best friend told someone else a secret, right, that you said? Mm-hmm. But these are people, these poor girls have to worry if like a thousand people are going to find out what they did or said. So they really need to learn to decompress and and relax. Wow, that is a lot different than when we, you know, I hadn't really put all that thought into it, but that is true. And they're much more hooked into social media than, than most adults. Yes. So it's, that is very stressful. That is, is very, very stressful. You know, I wanted to refer back, if I might, to something you said about about how I was always athletic. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, is that I never played sports, Jan. First of all, there was no Title IX until the year we graduated from high school. So there wasn't funding for sports. But I have to say, I didn't really, I mean, I loved cheerleading. I didn't play mm-hmm. sports for a, a much more embarrassing reason. And that was because I was one of those girls who was way too distracted by boys. <laughs> and it was, um, I didn't know if I thought sports were cool enough. Mm. And I, I'm proud to say I would never be that way now. You know, mm-hmm. I've learned that, that just for the joy and, and the camaraderie and the sisterhood of being on a sports team with other women, I that's one of the reasons I love to teach Zumba and love to do Fem Show because I get to have that now. That mm. bonding and that we're in it together and we're a team and we trust each other. But I didn't do it in high school. We had some friends, right, like Kathy Sirota mm. and mm. girls like that that were very athletic, but I was not one of those girls. That's funny, you know, because I always had the impression that you were, and so many of us did, and I was not one of, I did one, I, um, one of the things in gymnastics, that was the only thing, but I was yeah. so involved in dancing and in athletics back then, so that was where all my energy went, and I, I think I was a pom-pom girl for a little while, <laughs> and then I sat in the bleachers and waved those things around, but, but um yeah, it, it, most people had the impression that you were one of the athletic girls. But again, it was such a long time ago, and things were very different. I, I very do have different. to share, though, that cheerleading had a very positive effect on my life because mm. it was the first time I realized that I had perseverance and drive because I didn't make it the first year that I tried out. And I was not the best student and as far as I wasn't 
sometimes I left my homework for the last minute. I wasn't a good planner. Mm-hmm. But I practiced every single day for an entire year because I wanted to make it the following year. I remember practicing outside in the winter wow. <laughs> in my backyard, and I made it the following year. And just, you know, without realizing what I was gaining from that experience or or discovering this other side of myself that I didn't know about, it was a very positive experience. What a great story. I love yeah, that. Yeah, it was really a good thing. Thank you so much for sharing that. You're so, welcome. you know, I I do want to talk about your other business, Be Fit. Um, okay. And so, um, but I'm not exactly sure where to start because I know I'm also curious to know how you got involved with Jake Steinfeld with uh, of Body by Jake and Gilda Marks, who anybody who's over a certain age will definitely recognize both of those names. Mm-hmm. So do you want to first start with um, the Jake Steinfeld and oh, Gilda, Gilda came first. first. Okay. So, so I'll start with Gilda, and it's also a story where I discovered a kind of confidence that I didn't know that I that was in there. And I I had been a New York City school teacher and really started dancing. You know, I didn't start dancing until I was 20. And I uh, realized that I loved moving. I kind of had to move. I couldn't sit behind a desk all day. And I was teaching exercise in a very small studio in New York City, and it took me about six months to get up my courage to ask that person if they wanted to open a larger studio and let me manage it for them. I'm telling you, Jan, I practiced for six months, and she said no. But she also said, there's a woman in California that you should talk to. So I took a trip to California, and I went and I took a class. Gilda was doing dance aerobics, which I had never heard of before. And I took a class, and I marched into her studio, don't ask me how, and said, you should open in New York, and you should let me open for you. And uh, six months later, we opened on 57th and Lexington and had a waiting list of 1,000 people within the first year. Wow. And it became you know, a, a, a national company. We had 12 locations. While I was there, I really devoted my entire life. I really became a career woman, Jan, when I worked for Gilda, who's still my friend. And I was really wanting to have ownership. And they did, although they were incredibly generous and treated me as if I was a partner, they were not looking for another partner. And that's when I met Jake. I met Jake through someone that I had been dating. Mm-hmm. And Jake had never owned a studio. He only did personal training, and I had never done personal training. So we decided to combine the things that we did best, and we opened Body by Jake and Tina in 1985. And really, we had no idea what to call it. What we were doing was interval training in the 80s. The whole wow. class was lunges, crunches, push-ups, lunges, crunches, push-ups. And men came so it, it became a place where men felt comfortable. They didn't really feel comfortable in aerobic dancing classes for the most part. Mm-hmm. So um, that's how I went into business with Jake. And that's what led me into personal training, which I've been doing wow. ever since. Through, uh, my, through when I, uh, Jake and I had a parting of the ways, and I um, started doing personal training on my own. And without any kind of business plan, people started – all wanting me at the same time. So I called other people that used to work for me and said, do you want a subcontract? And that's how BFIT started. No business plan, no idea. And 26 years later, here we are. Wow. You are quite the businesswoman. I must say. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know how it happened because I had no business training. But um, it did turn out that way, and I am so blessed, Jan, because I still wake up every day, and I love to go to work. Well, that that's huge. I mean, that's I know how lucky I know how lucky I am. I know. That well, that's you unusual. created your luck. Let's put it that way. And you know, I do want to go on with this, but I uh, just I just need to take a moment to mention sure. our sponsor. Here on the Life Coach Radio Networks, we're proud to have as our sponsor Audible.com. Audible.com is the leading provider of 
premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment on the Internet, offering customers a new way to enhance and enrich their lives every day. Audible is the preeminent provider of spoken word audio products that include more than 100,000 audio programs from more than 1,800 content providers. Receive a free audiobook with your 30-day trial when you sign up with Audible today at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. So don't forget to sign up for a one-month free trial to get your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. Audible.com making listening a tool for life. And now back to our show. So I'd like to um, add, Jan, that I'm a big fan of audiobooks. <laughs> so I listen to them all the time. Oh, fantastic. There we go. <laughs> so, yes, we'll try audible.com. So um, now let's see. You were about to tell me or tell us how you got you, – you said you went right into Be Fit and, and from there, and it just it – just, it's been going ever since, mm-hmm. and um, I mean, it sounds like you're—you just were fearless. You went ahead and did what you what you wanted to do. You—you—it was time for you to meet Gilda, so you took a tra- a trip to California. You took a class with her. You talked to her, and you told her that she should open in New York, and that you were you were going to manage it. I mean, you just went ahead and did what felt right and it's worked for you. I mean it's it's beautiful. You're and you're living a life that you love. So I'm curious, when you first began your career, you traveled all over the world. I know you took jobs, you just went somewhere else to another country and took a job. So I wonder first of all if you can tell us about that and what gave you the courage to be so adventurous and what do you think you may have learned from those experiences? Wow. <laughs> well, we're going way back here, Jan. Uh, my my career of working in other countries was really my first real job in the fitness and movement industry, and that was working for Club Mediterranean, Club Med. Mm-hmm. And I I was one of those people. I didn't really plan it. I was one of those people. I went when I graduated from college. I gave myself a gift of going in the Caribbean, it was to Guadeloupe, to a club med. I really didn't know anything about it. I don't know how I had the courage to go by myself. I had never done anything like that. And I just turned out to be one of the people that didn't want to leave. (laughs) What happened at that time was really, and Jan, you know this about me, I always wanted to dance when I was young, and I did not have the opportunity. But it was right around the time that I decided I finished college, I'm going to just see if I can do anything with this, with this dancing stuff. And clearly I was never going to be a Broadway dancer or, or be in a ballet company, having started that late. But while I was at Club Med, the dance instructor and the hustle was the big dance then, Jan. <laughs> do the hustle. Oh, right, hustle. <laughs> um, she had to leave for a month or two. And I asked them if I could step in, and they said yes. Hmm. And it turned out to be probably one of the best decisions I ever made. I don't think my mom would agree with you because <laughs> she missed me. But I learned to speak French by being amongst French people. I was exposed to people from all over the world. And having having really only lived in Long Island in our little community, I really wasn't uh, knowledgeable in the ways of the world. And this opened up the world to me. And I think I realized I did have an opportunity to perform in their shows and to teach a little jazz class. I also taught yoga that this was at that time going to be the really best that I could do with movement. And I wasn't going to pass up that opportunity. So I worked in the Caribbean. I worked in Switzerland. I worked in France and then just as I was about to go to either Fiji or Bali, I realized I better go home because otherwise I might never come home. <laughs> and so I did, and that's when I started. Uh, that was soon before I uh, started teaching exercise and 
working, uh, being affiliated with Gilda. Wow, that's wonderful. I mean, so you just, you were fearless, which a lot I, I of people aren't. Really we let perceive our myself as fearless. I, I, I just, I kind of figured it out, I guess figured out that I could be. And that it was, you know, the beginning of my understanding how crucial confidence is for women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I was Ab- not really confident growing up. I, I was unsure about myself and very un, uh, not confident uh, about how I looked. And it was um, it just uh, gave me a great opportunity to kind of reinvent myself in a place that no one knew me. Wow. And you know what's interesting? This is, this is how, how it always is, though. You know, we often think we know people or we, we, we think we understand, and it's not just children, but even as adults, we really don't understand what struggles that people are feeling because mm-hmm. nobody would have guessed that you weren't confident as a child or that you were, you know, insecure in any way. Um, but it's interesting how, you know, all of how we feel is not evident, is not necessarily evident to those around us um, you know, as adults too, and we often, you know, make our own judgments or interpretations right. about about things or about people without really understanding what's going on. So that goes back to, you know, that that really points back to the work that you're doing with young girls. It's amazing because giving them those tools now will really help them in their lives because it's when you grow up and you don't have not just in your childhood, but even in your 20s, and you you don't have the opportunity to really get a firm um, grounding, shall we say, in confidence and in that self-esteem, you know, that sort of humble self-esteem that's not mm-hmm. narcissism, that can that will stay with you your whole life. So yes. it's really important to get that that foundation that you're giving those girls, which is it's really great and important work that you do. Thank you. So it, I'm it wondering. Feels good. I'm, I'll bet it does. I'll bet it does. It's you're living your purpose and you're leaving a legacy, which is and creating a legacy, which is it's amazing. Thank you so much. You know, one something I'd love to bring up for our listeners is to talk about how amazing Tina is. Tina in uh, ran the New York City Marathon. And we've all, you know, on Facebook, those of us who are either there or just on Facebook, you know, watching her prepare and then the photos of her afterwards. <laughs> and It's hard work, you know, and I've been, I've been one of those people watching and, and cheering you on. And, and she's done it the past three years, 2013, 14, and 15. And for anybody listening who doesn't know, it's a full marathon. And the one you did prior to that was 1998. That was the first one. And we're yes. not not youngsters, so this is quite an achievement. I mean, Tina definitely looks a good 15 to 20 years younger than she is. She's just blessed, and she takes amazing care of herself. And it's, you know, she's 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 a beautiful woman. But it but when you get to a certain age, there's a lot more going on than that. It's nutrition, it's health, and it's beauty that comes from the inside. And as you can probably hear, Tina's definitely got the beauty coming from the inside, and she's got it on the outside too. And she takes good care of herself. So she's a beautiful woman. But but getting back to the marathon, doing them at this age, and doing your first one in '98, and then not doing any for what 15 years. Yes. And then thing three, that's tough work. So what would you say, and it's obvious from what you've said, too, that you have a lot of, you're very tenacious and you and you love a challenge and you're persistent. But what would you say to someone, um, you know, about if they want to tackle something new um, that's a challenge? What, what, what advice would you give? Well, it's a great question, Jan. I think the important thing to remember is it doesn't matter whether you're asking me about running a marathon or taking a walk or finishing a project that you've been working on. It's it's Running is like a metaphor for life. 
it, it, it just, whatever you do with running kind of translates to your life. And other people could say, wow, Tina, how can you do it? But I like doing it. It's, it's not something where I say, oh, God, I have to do this. I like it. And I think one of my r- missions in fitness is, is to help people, girls and, young, and women, to find a, a form of movement that they enjoy. So when anyone says to me, oh, Tina, you know, you've been in this business, what kind of equipment, what kind of, should I get a treadmill or, or should I get a bike or an elliptical? And I always say, which one will you use? That's the mm. right one, because we have to find our passion for movement, too, and the things that we love. And just like what I just described to you about going off and working for Club Med or having the courage to ask Gilda to, to trust me to run a business for her, the, the accomplishment of the marathons is not really about running. It's about setting a goal and achieving that goal, and it translates into other areas. There's a carryover for your life. So if someone wants to start running or start walking, I'd say to set small goals and then be persistent. As you get older with fitness, there should be more consistency, less intensity. Mm. And just be sensible and again it's all about the love of movement and finding something that you enjoy but this is something that i i the best part for me jan is how proud my children are of me so mm. they're there cheering me on and i don't think i could do it without that when i know they're waiting for me at mile 18 and they're bursting with pride that their mom who's in their 60s is doing this that's what keeps me going Oh, that's wonderful. And those and you do have two absolutely stunning, gorgeous adult sons. They're Thank you. And I have a wonderful step adult stepson as well, who has a beautiful wife and I have a granddaughter. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so, I'm surrounded by boys. <laughs> yeah. Except the granddaughter. Yes, she's the first girl in eighty years in my husband's side of the family, so my God. That was pretty delightful. Pretty oh, that is lovely. But, that I, you is. know, I just, going back to what we're talking about, I want women to inspire other women. We can mm-hmm. all do things to inspire other women. And to go back to what you said, Jan, about the, this generation not knowing what feminine what it means to be a feminist anymore, I'm not sure I know what it means anymore. You know, I know what it meant mm-hmm. during, I the you know, the women's, revolution and and the whole feminist movement i actually was at a conference where gloria steinem spoke last week and she was right i saw that yeah she was quite fascinating but i'm not quite sure i i what it means i for me it means women being in it together to be supportive not competitive to feel happy when another woman succeeds not feeling like oh she got that i didn't that's the way for us to be powerful and to to gain from each other. I'm big into the sisterhood, the feeling of, of togetherness and, and the power of a group of women. That's what being a feminist is to me. Well, being, I mean, that's really what women are. Um, the women have gotten a bad rap about being cats and being, you know, yes. being catty and and backstabbing, and that's, right. that's really not what being it's a woman is. It's not true. Right. It's women really are true. nurturing. Given the opportunity, women and girls really act otherwise. Right. Women are nurturing, and that's part of our nature, mm-hmm. to be nurturing, um, because biologically we you know we're we're built to raise children and to take care of our families and so that's really what a woman's nature is but feminism was basically and originally about women having more equal rights um not yes. being lorded over not being owned chattel and uh there's still there's still a you know a fight for equal pay for equal yes. work, women get seventy-nine cents to every dollar that a man earns. So um, hard to believe. I know, but it's you know, it's, yes, things have definitely changed, and just the fact that we were not allowed to wear slacks to school, you right. know, those kinds of things. 
But those, you know, when people, it's hard for young women to even imagine how things were not that long ago. And I mean, even, you know, just under 100 or just slightly over 100 years ago, women were finally allowed to vote. So it's it's, um, it's hard to believe. mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that I like to talk about um, when I am with the girls and doing FemShow is that when I was growing up, when we were growing up, Jan, most women became either stay-at-home moms, secretaries, which that word doesn't exist anymore, nurses, <laughs> or teachers. And all of those are very noble professions and choices, but not as noble when they're your only choices. Right. So it's not about, I think it's incredibly noble to decide to be a stay-at-home mom or to be president. If it's what your true calling is and you give it 110% and it's gratifying to you. So I think it's important that for me that women have equal rights, but we're not the same. We're not. I don't believe in the sameness of men and women, but I do believe that we should have equal opportunity and equal rights. Right. I mean, obviously, that's that's the 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 problem, or that was the the one of the problems with feminism in the beginning, was yeah. you know, and and women had to kind of figure things out. Everyone kind of had to figure this out: is how to have equal rights but what does you know being a woman mean and 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 finding strength in femininity yes. and so that's you know that's what we've accomplished and we're still accomplishing and everybody's still working on it but that's i think that's what feminism means is having that strength the the right to make choices and mm-hmm. yet the right to be a woman Yes. And to have strength in being a woman. So I'm I'm curious because um, we're getting close to the end of the show. It's, wow! Um, and I also before I get on to this one last question, I just want to remind our listeners, in case anybody still wants to call in, this is kind of it's getting to the last chance. The number here is six four six seven one six nine three nine seven. So I'm curious, Tina, if you were to choose one message to offer our listeners, what would that be? Are we speaking to women? Um, you could it it doesn't matter. You can you could offer to women, you could offer to everyone, you could offer one to women, one to men, whichever you like. Well, I I think I would like to offer a fitness something relating to fitness and movement. Mm-hmm. And because I have devoted my life to inspiring people to want to get up and not sit around. And I think I have to quote Jack LaLanne, had a wonderful saying, which was, you rest, you rust. Huh. And I find that if you keep your body in motion, you're keeping your brain in motion. And if you continue to grow and change and impart your wisdom, you will live longer. Otherwise, you just kind of die longer. So keep active and keep finding new interests and find your passion and hold on to that and go after that. No matter what age you are, it will change and it should change in different phases of your life. But you know, really be the best version of yourself. That's what FemTro is about. And can I mention our website? Oh, please do. I was going to say, yeah, absolutely, yeah. please do. It's um, Our website is www.femshow.com, and our phone number is 516-338-7701. If you'd like to find out more about what we do for movement or for girls' programs. Wonderful. Thank you so much. I will put the, the phone number in the um, the show information on the bottom of the page for uh of the show where you're Thank where you. you're listening now if you've clicked in um and i also uh let's see we're i we're about at the end of our show uh we're getting close to to the top of the hour so um, I just want to thank my guest, Tina DeLon, for being on the show today. In closing, I'd just like to say that we have the power to change the trajectory of, of lives by supporting and nurturing those we love as well as ourselves. 
and in helping our youth create a vision of what they want, knowing their values, living them, and knowing and accepting themselves, we can help them manifest a greater, happier, and healthier future. I'm Jan Jaffe of Forward to Success, and it has been my privilege to have been your host today. I'd like to offer our listeners a free 30-minute consulting and discovery session. And for more information, please feel free to email me at info at forwardtosuccess.com. I also want to remind our listeners that you're invited to share any comments or feedback on our website, www lifecoachradionetworks.com In addition to my solo interview, your uh, interview show, Your Best Life, I also host Think Tank, a roundtable discussion with my brilliant co-hosts Sharissa Sebastian and Susan Gonzalez. Think Tank generally airs the fourth Wednesday of every month at 12 noon, and I hope you'll join us for the next episode of Think Tank on February 24th at 12 noon Eastern. So Tina, would you care to share any further closing thoughts, comments, website, book, or contact information with our listening audience? Well, first, Jan, I, I have to thank you and compliment you on, on, your, on your interview, on your show, on your mission, and for helping to make me feel so comfortable um, being interviewed. It's been a while, so thank you so much. Uh, you can reach me... Um, Email me at femchotina at gmail.com. And I would encourage people to work with you, Jan, because you just have such a wonderful vision and such a beautiful, warm way about you. Oh, thank you so much. Really, thank you, Tina. Thank you for being on the show today, and thank you for your beautiful, kind words. You're such a great interview guest, and it has been an absolute delight for me to spend this time with you, my old friend. So I want to remind our listeners that all of our contact and bio information is listed in today's show description, and I will be uh, adding that phone number as well so that you can contact Tina by phone if you wish. So I'm just going to take a moment to announce a few of our upcoming shows on this, the Life Coach Radio Network, on February 18th at 8.30 p.m., Overall Nutrition with Colleen Magnani. On February 22nd at 1 p.m., Why Coaching Matters in Organizations. And on our sister network, the Life Coach Chat Channel, on February 18th at 4 p.m., Wonder Twin Power Hour, Are You Seriously Worth the Investment? And on February 20th at 11 a.m., Uh, Life Coach Radio Network celebrates Random Acts of Kindness Day. So I want to again thank my wonderful guest, Tina Delon, and our caller, Ana Maria Goldani, for joining me today and making this show a very, very special one. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.